we are we're, we're live i guess we're running Rock yeah we're running roll. we're on not live but uh we're, we're pretty much live we're live in the moment <laughs> yeah so this is new man this is exciting first one right yeah first one well i've done a couple uh you know i did an episode up in boone so i did a remote up there uh, my son and i did some stuff just with my phone in colorado springs right and um that's really it. Well, no, Caleb and I did a remote up at Oak Road, but it didn't turn out very well. We used the phone as well, and the, the really ambient noise inside of there was just too much, and yeah. it just uh, drowned out everything we were saying. But we tried. That's all we could do. But we always said if we were going to do it again, we'd bring all this set up instead this of trying amazing, to use the phone. So like mobile this studio. is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not too hard. You know, but I it carried is. it all just in my arms and didn't even need a box or anything. So. But this is the first one. <clears throat> From homegrown brew house. First one from homegrown brew house, Somerville, for sure. South Carolina. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, I guess I didn't even mention where we were, but yeah. We're at homegrown brew house. I talk about it every episode. We're at uh, 117 South Main Street in uh, downtown Somerville, Hutchinson Square area. So if you uh, if you happen to uh, walk by homegrown in future days, you know, take a peek through the window. You, you might can. see a podcast going on. Wait, I gotta, yeah, I got to get my on-air sign and post it up in here somewhere so we can put that on or put it outside somewhere so you can see it. But yeah, back to the day. Back to the day, and we're, we're sitting. Bell tolls. It's must be eleven o'clock. That's right. It is. Oh, it's out there. I can't even hear it through the headphones. But so yeah, we're sitting here with um, we got Paul Pietrofesso back in the mm-hmm. in the house. Um, the video that I looked up earlier from your podcast was the the seventh episode that we did. And it was posted back on May 11th. Of 2018? Of 2018. God, it seems it's like it been was last year. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it seemed, I, I thought that was, that seemed like it was way far away. You're thinking it feels like it's even further away than yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. This has been a crazy year. Yeah. And I think we actually recorded you in April or something because at that time we were like pushed way out. We were yeah. releasing stuff three right. weeks away yeah, or something. It was April so, and then released in May. Yeah, so we're going to do this tonight. You know, we've come a long way, but we're going to do this tonight, and I'll have it released in the morning. So that's incredible. Man. Yeah, so we're, that's I'll, a late I'll, night. Yeah, I'll put it all together tonight. It's going to take a while, but <laughs> but that's what I do. I sit up all night messing with the podcast, the it's video. It's a conversation, man. Yeah, it's so. a craft conversation. It is. We just got through listening to um, Clayton Lewis. Yeah, here. That's Clayton. No. That's Clayton Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> so old, dude. You didn't remember his name? I couldn't think of Clayton. Yeah, Clayton Lewis. So Clayton Lewis, uh, he was episode six, the episode right before right you. Before as a matter us. of fact, he was on the podcast. I'll probably put uh, both of those in the in the um, in the show notes so people can link to those and, and rewatch those if they want to and see what was going on back way back then because it's been so long, five months now, I guess. And uh, Clayton's going to be in here pretty soon as well. He took off from here and bolted over to the Honky Tonk Saloon, and is doing uh, open mic. yeah, doing an open mic over there. Fleming Moore is doing that, so he went over and jumped on stage and did a few more songs. So two and a half hours here, and then another whatever he's doing over there. So you you musicians are always working, man, popping around nonstop. It's a fun it's a fun time, you know. It's uh yeah, it's one of those things. Once you get going and started, there's music just about every night of the week around here. There is. If it's in Somerville or Charleston, you know, you can really uh, have a blast just about every night of the week. Yeah, and it's gotten even more so, I think. I mean, since we started this podcast, or I started it, we started it, Caleb and I, um, and I'm doing it now, but it's gotten even more so, I think, since in the last five months. Sure, there's more places, places to go. Up. Yep. Yeah. More people hosting. 
Yeah, exactly. It's one of the. Uh, and that's cool. Yeah, there used to be two or three people in town, and now there's a, a good handful of people that are hosting Absolutely. open mics and getting even, out uh, there. And I think even Matt Christman hosts. Uh, does he? An open mic at one of the places. Um, Very nice. So. Yeah, Matthew. Matthew deserves it, man. He's he's a hard hard working guy. Runs around constantly writing. And, uh, yeah. Enjoyable, friendly, you know, friendly guy. So. Uh, yeah. It's good to see everybody out there having a shot at hosting once in a while, which is not the easiest thing in the world, Brian. Yeah. Uh, you never know who's going to show up. You don't know what type of interests people have with the music. So, you know, you might have one person that's playing a Metallica tune, and then the next person's playing a, you know, Hank Williams tune. Right. How do you get that all to gel? And you know, usually it's just good people. Yeah. Hanging out <clears throat> and open-minded to uh, different styles of music, whether it's metal or country or blues or rock and roll. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I've never, I haven't experienced a lot of the open mics. I've gone to the Honky Tonk one once. Um, I've gone to the one down here that uh, Fleming puts on. Joshua Jarman used to do it down here at Wine and Tapas, but uh, Fleming's taken that over. And But the main one I remember is Coastal Coffee Roasters, obviously. I worked at Coastal Coffee and at Oak Road, so I got to see that pretty much every Thursday night and watch it evolve. And Joshua Jarman out there every other week and uh, Chris... Um, Rankin, old man Rankin old out man there. Old man Rankin host tonight. Yeah. I think he hosted tonight, in fact. I <clears> yeah, probably. I think it was his week. And, um, yeah, it was always interesting, the the different styles of, of music that came in there. And you had the, the beginner beginners, and you had kind of the intermediates. You had some guys that were kind of professional and polished. Uh, you even had some spoken word, I think, out there uh, a little just bit. About, so just yeah, about everything you could imagine. About 360 on the uh, entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. It's a, it's a good place for people just to kind of – fine-tune their their wares I guess right absolutely and then the thing about it is no matter where you are in your journey because you never get to the end yeah. every time you get to the peak there's another valley and another range of mountains so you get all these you know people that are just starting out and then you have people that have been playing for years and years and the open mics give you a chance to try new stuff out in an area where um, nobody's going to criticize you they're going to give you some, you know, positive feedback, and if you, uh, yeah, run with it, you could always improve, you know, based on what people are saying. Right. And uh, that's where the open mics are fun, and there's no pressure. You know, you can play your own music, or you can play a, a cover tune. You know, I've heard people play uh, Johnny Cash, and then they play an original, and it's, you know, it's always entertaining. So uh, yeah. that's the open mic deal around Somerville, and I guess all over the country, you know. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed, too, when you go out there, that there's no judgment whatsoever. I mean, these people get out there and do whatever they're doing, whether it's their first time at an open mic and they've never sang before or, or performed in front of people, or if they're an old veteran like yourself or whatever, there's no judgment. I mean, the, the, the audience seems to kind of go with everything, right. and they applaud uh, graciously and, and uh, give encouragement, and it's just it's fantastic. It really is. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, um, yeah, Coastal was Thursday, and then... Uh, Monday night, I hear Wine and Tapas has a, a yeah. It's not an open mic, but it's a place to share your original music. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually open yet. No, so it's, it's Fleming, open. Fleming it's, more acoustic, but yeah. um, but he has a bunch of people come in and sit in with him or solo. Yeah, solo. He might take a break and they, they just kind of take over. Yeah. So and then a you know, cup of mana, which is right across the street. They have Tuesday night. Yep. Open mic, which has been running for a couple, uh, well more than a couple of years since the previous ones. It was. Uh, Single Smile Cafe, I think, right. before Cup of Mana. But, yep. Um, you know, 
they do a great job keeping the, keeping it running, and it's a different host every week. Yeah, and I don't know how they fit people on that stupid tiny stage over there. That's, that stage seems like it's the tiniest thing ever when I go in there. It's tiny, but you know. I mean, do you get full bands and stuff in there? No, usually it's uh, solo musicians, and then sometimes you'll have a duo, and then if there's a third person, they'll stand off to the right or left. Okay. But um, yeah, it's pretty tight. But it's you know again, it's just an, uh, an open mic where if you're interested in trying something different musically, you know maybe you play uh, saxophone in a band. We've had saxophone players show up at Cup of Mana, and they'll ask, hey, does somebody know? How to play this song or that song, and somebody would you know sit in and give them a ch chance to play saxophone. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. But uh, I think that's most of them, right? There's, I think that's the big, the big few around Somerville right now. Right. Well, it was you the other night telling me about Ice House, right? It has the oldest running open mic and forgot Ice House yeah. Sunday night. That's a late night over there. It starts. It Ten o'clock, and I think goes until one in the morning. You said Sunday that we Sunday said? night. Okay. Yeah, at Ice House. Right? Yeah, I'm always tied up on Sundays, but I'd like to check it out. Yeah, Matt plays over there, and uh, I've seen uh, oh gosh, Jameson. I don't know if you know Jameson. He's yeah. He's, he's he used old. to work over here at Accent on Wine, right? I don't know, maybe, but um, he's. I know he, he plays, plays some music. More, he plays more gigs than anybody I think around. Hmm. Might so not be the same guy. He'll I'm pop up. And it's just you know it's just another open mic night to share some you know, share some um, music and yeah. hang out with some folks. Uh, yeah. So many good places. Somerville's changing quite a bit in the last five years. Big time. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've been back almost five years now. Yeah, so I've seen just in those five years amazing changes, big time uh, changes. I mean, hell, this square out here is being torn to pieces and, and revamped after decades of what it was. So I kind of wonder when that's going to be done. They're saying the first of the year, January. somewhere around there. Yeah, January, February time frame. So they're opening up, you know, a piece at a time, kind of just gradually revealing it. But it's going to be fantastic. When and it's there's going to be an, uh, a small stage up. Yeah, it's going to be a bandstand. Yeah, at the other station. end of it. That's going to be so much fun. It is. You it's going to be much better tea, than a little tent on the other side right, of the street. There, the, but. You know, you have the tea festival and the Flower Town Festival and all these different festivals during the year. Yeah. Now they'll have a stage to perform on instead of uh, behind the yeah. farm. Oktoberfest, Third Thursdays. Third Thursdays, all these different things. Yeah. It's awesome. It's going to be great. And um, so what have you been up to since the last time we spoke? Boy. I don't even remember what we talked about last time we spoke. Well, we we Caleb, talked about so many things. We opened it up, I think. Yeah. We talked a lot about um, music in general, of course, but... <clears throat> Um, well, we've, I've been having a great time with um, playing with a bunch of different musicians and some that I've been playing with for years and years. So Roger Craig, the bass player that I've been playing with since we started playing again, yeah, um, he's still with us. And then the Paul Stone Project, you know, is constantly evolving and morphing. And, um, we're playing with uh, John Wilmarth, who's the, uh, one of the band teachers at Somerville High. He's playing drums for us now. And, uh, okay, that's the one. I thought you. Were, I thought you told me. Uh, or, uh, I thought Roger was the one that was uh, at Summer High School. But no, John Wilmot. He's, okay. he's a. Uh, he give, gives lessons too, so he's a real busy musician. So he's been sitting in with us and uh, went into the studio since our last uh, podcast, and we recorded an EP, four songs. It's called Next in Line, and uh, we're actually going to do the release this Saturday night here at Homegrown Brewhouse with you and. 
and nice. Caleb and the whole gang. Yeah. So we'll have CDs with um, four of our original tunes and um, just getting back into the studio after all these years was really fun. And the change in how you record music today versus the last time I was in the studio is just mind boggling. Yeah. So the technology, like, you know, you have, look at the Porta studio here, this would have been $40,000 worth of gear years ago. Now, you, you know, you have all your setup and microphones and we're recording and you'll have it out on the internet sometime in the next 12 hours or 24 hours. So the recording studios um, really changed in that what used to take hours and hours and hours to get with computing technology today, you can copy and paste and cut and overdub and it's really amazing how you could shape music today compared to yesteryear with uh, right. tape and reel to reel. <clears throat> now, so, you know, now, do you like that? I mean, do you like that more where you can manipulate it or, or would you rather have it? I mean, they've always been able to, to adjust levels and do things like that, I guess, but, yes. but not as much as you can now. Do you like it that way or would you prefer to be the old way? Like you said, reel to reel? Yeah, or? It's, um, it has its advantages and disadvantages. I think um, from a sound quality standpoint, you can get much better sound quality today yeah. because the microphones are better. Um, some people might argue that. They might say, well, those old microphones had a gritty sound. You can't right. get that today. But um, Same thing with vinyl versus Vinyl versus CD. Every, right. Yeah. But the, um, the fact, I think, is that you can capture a lot more sound and then you can manipulate the sound today so much easier than you did when you were dealing with tape and reel-to-reel. And uh, that was amazing to me. So I, I guess I could tell you some of the things that were you know, funny to me was how you could take three parts that might not be, um, from a time standpoint, right on top of each other, and you could shape that so it takes something that's a little bit skewed and lay it right on top of each other, and you have all of a sudden a perfect hit on the, on the, on the timing. You really couldn't do that the same way yesterday. And you could expand a sound file and you could see the, all the different characteristics of this wave. Yeah. And you're like, you know, the, the engineer will say, well, Paul, you came in a little bit early on that. You can't argue it because there it is. It starts the file. You see where it hits. And you say, yeah, yeah it was a little early. Don't worry. We could fix but that. But then you can move that. Yeah. Right. Back in the day, you would do another take maybe. Or you would say, oh, it's not, it's not something we want to address. We're going to let that go. Right. So, um that was probably the biggest difference. Plus, the guys in the studio are like half my age. <laughs> yeah. So, from a time standpoint, then it's definitely a lot less time-consuming too, right? To get in the studio now. I mean, it, what would maybe take you a couple of days now? You could do in a day easily. Yeah, it's the, yeah the time with the mastering and stuff. With the ma with everything, right? The whole process is a lot faster. And then you know, um, once that's done, that's like part one. The next thing that I had a chance to go through, which I didn't in yesteryear, was actually releasing something digitally on the internet and then getting a, a CD product out. So that's, you know, a whole little business in itself. So yeah. once you have your sound files, then it's what do you do with them? And that's kind of the next, that's the business part of it. So all that's been happening since we met right. last time. And uh, this Saturday, we're going to have it all ready to go. You know? So uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to join BMI. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> BMI has been around forever, right? A I mean, long how, how long have they been around? You know, I don't know when they start. I should have, I should know that, but I don't. Yeah, um, I don't know. I it's, look it's, it up, yeah, it's just one of those things where 
to release digital media through one of these companies that sells. I'll, I'll plug CD Baby, that's the company I went with. They were easy to work with for somebody who's independent. And uh, I said, well, who's, you know, who, are you with BMI? Who's, you know, who's covering your stuff? When we release it, somebody's gonna track the plays and all that. So I went out there and joined BMI, and uh, yesterday I got the email saying, yeah, welcome to the team, and blah, blah, blah. And nice. uh, that all was official. the It's all official, so. You know, there's a million ways to sell uh, or release music. And I guess I said, well, let me try to do the, the real deal thing this time instead of just putting cassette tapes together like I did years and years and years, 25 years ago. Right. And that was <laughs> going to be one of my next questions. So you said this four-song four EP is coming out. But what have you had released previous to this? I mean, have you done a lot of stuff? you done albums at all, just cassettes? No, we never – well, <laughs> um, I actually did make 145 in Nashville. Nice. That was just, it was a quick boom, in and out, one take type of thing, and it was a lot of fun. And that's just one track on each side, right? It's two tracks, is that what it is? Yeah, it was, it was um, actually, it was single tracks of vocal and guitar, and then they burn it to vinyl for you. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. A little bit, you know, of a nail biter, because you only get one take to do it, so what you get is what you get. Yeah. Um, but then before that, uh, man, I'm really showing my age, Brian. <laughs> That's fine. Nobody's going to come Saturday night. They're going to be like, who wants to see some old dude? Nah, plenty of people. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, back in the 80s, we went into the studio with my band back then, and it was a big production to do demo tapes. And, um, and this was up north at this, this was up point. in New York, yep, yeah, at a place called uh, Mike Boner Studios, probably long gone by now. Yeah, right? like most of them, right? Like most of them, right? And um, it was a, it was a great time, you know. We went into the studio. They treat you like a rock star, and you pay for that. But you know, they treat you like the you know what what you're trying to accomplish. And yeah. then, uh, you send out demo tapes to Columbia and Arista, and you know just go down the list, and then you get the rejection letters. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, but this isn't what we're looking for. And hey, we really appreciate you thinking of. Uh, what was Kiss's label? I, I always loved them. Cl Casablanca. Casa, Casablanca. Yeah, Casablanca. Yeah. You know, thank you for sending us your music. We appreciate it, but uh, we're not looking for that type of sound right now. Yeah. And then life goes on. So that's kind of. The How do you think that's changed now? I mean, do you think those companies are now just wanting everything? Just give me whatever you got. They're not being as picky anymore. Do you think? Or. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. But I think I, mean, I just wonder if you know the the business has gone so south as far as you know record sales. I mean now your money is kind of in touring and things like that. So are are people more yeah more open to just kind of whatever now and not as picky as they used to be? I don't know. I think there's like um, the big you know the Taylor Swifts of the world and you know and uh, who else is it like the Billy Joel's guys that have their labels. Yeah, they go in they do a uh, recording and it gets marketed. And then I think there's bigger thing now with the independent the small you know the smaller musicians that want to release their music and go out and play and market it themselves I think that's kind of where I see a lot of uh, people starting and I and I uh, read something online that was kind of interesting they said well do you want to be a, a tiny teeny fish in a giant ocean or do you want to be a big fish in a small pond and I think the, um, the point there, I think, was interesting is, hey, I could play Homegrown Brew House, I could play at Coastal Coffee, I could play downtown in Charleston. People start to recognize your name and 
some you know, different tastes, different strokes for different folks. You pick up a following, and then all of a sudden you're you know you're playing every week or as much as you want. Whereas if you say I'm going to shoot for the be the big fish in the giant ocean, you can spend your whole career trying to hit that. You know, hey, we're going to sign you and let you do a recording. Right. So I I, I don't know. I guess it depends where you are. And then you have like The Voice and America's Got Talent and all these, you know, you could spin your wheels trying to get on one of those shows instead of out playing. And yeah. I kind of choose the, I'd rather be out entertaining, having fun, friends coming. Well, out. I mean, but a good majority of those people that are getting on American Idol on those shows have been out doing and hitting the streets and, and they're just, yeah, they can't, they just can't make it. And they figure that's going to be their one shot is to, to try and get yeah. on those shows. So it's not like they're not out beating the streets too, a lot of them. Yeah. Some of them are just looking for that quick fix and the quick uh, spotlight. But spotlight, right? So I don't. I, I guess some. Um, and then you mentioned the big name guys, you know, like Taylor Swift and stuff. Then there's people that just they create their own studio and say, "Screw all these other studios. They don't want my songs. I'll start my own, my own recording right. company and just do it on their own." Yeah. So, so I guess it, um, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it for sure. But it, you know, I watched this uh, documentary and. There was this, you know, street guy who was playing up in Seattle, and the, the uh, person who was hosting said, "So, what do you think it's going to take for you to ever be successful?" And this is a guy who was like, you know, playing on the corner for for change. And he goes, "I'm already successful. I'm doing what I want to do." Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's all in your perspective. Perspective, right? right? So, do you, you know, if you want to be a millionaire, look out. You got a lot of competition. Yeah. But if you want to just have, uh, you know share your music and your thoughts with people and have some fun boy it's you know it takes some work but it's not impossible yeah you know, so yeah that was a, a good i never really thought about that before <laughs> yeah used to be you know think about all we were just listening to the music and mtv mm -hmm. was the thing back in the 80s, right? 80s and late. Yeah, mid 84 that it started? Was that? You know, I was trying to, I should have looked that I think it's 84. 84, 85, maybe. It started on, uh, Might have been 80. people don't even know what this is anymore, like UHF. <laughs> you remember that? There was VHF and UHF TV? Yeah. So MTV started on, up in the Northeast, it started on UHF. It was on a, a, a channel, somebody's going to call us out and say it was not channel 28 but I think it was like channel 28 with the rabbit ears and it was all fuzzy and we were like wow look at this it's music on television yeah. and then like I think 83 84 August 1st 1981 New York City New York yeah MTV started 81 81 yeah gosh how old is that make it? it's over 30 years right 30 yeah 37 years, years. yep we're only 45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Go ahead. Man. On that note, let's pause for a second. We're going to open this beer. I know you still got some beer left in this glass from earlier, but uh, this is a craft conversation, you know, where we craft a conversation with influential, fun, and interesting guests, and we talk a little bit about craft beer. So let's open this beer Sounds and great. get that out of the way. Sounds great. Is that all right with you? Yeah, we're kind of flowing along in a, in a little semblance of a... Uh, yeah, we're about uh, 23 minutes in already. Time goes by fast. On the crap conversations. I need to get a shirt. A shirt? I'm going to have to do... Uh, what, what, aren't you doing something now for uh, American Cancer Society? Yeah, I just designed a shirt the other day. Uh, last night, as a matter of fact. And um, 
yeah, I put it up on uh, Facebook, on my page, my personal page, and Craft Conversations page, and out there on Instagram, as a matter of fact, on my page there. And uh, 25 bucks, you get a, a custom-made shirt that I made, um, and all the proceeds are going to the Amer American Cancer Society. So I don't get a penny of it. And, um, yeah, that's what I did. People helping people. People helping people. It's a great organization. You know, um, it was uh, last month, it was a real uh, amazing thing. The uh, Teal Diva organization uh, hosted a 5K race here in Charleston. Right. They had over 750 people show up to race at Wanamaker Park. And they invited our band to play during the race. We had a great time. And uh, the night before, I think it was the night before, the race was on Saturday. I think it, well, it was Thursday night. We went down to uh, Charleston and uh, did an event at one of the places that helps people out that are going through, uh, families and people that are going through uh, cancer treatments and things like that. Uh, it's called the, I'm going to get it wrong, somebody's going to help me, it's Hope House. Okay, yep. It uh, sounds like something, yeah. yeah it's I've right next that. to the Ronald McDonald House downtown. Um, and they called it Blues and Barbecue. Okay. So the, the Teal Diva organization brought in barbecue from um, one of the places downtown. And I played music for the folks that were staying there during this treatment. And um, it's amazing how gracious people are, you know. So we had a great time. Saturday we had the 5K event. They raised this year, 2018, at the one event, over $70,000 for ovarian cancer research and uh, support groups. So, you know, that's just the beauty of the city. Yeah. It's a very cool vibe in Charleston, Somerville, Charleston. All the surrounding cities, and uh, yeah, and there's a big cancer, you know, research center down there at MUSC. You know, the Hollings uh, Hollings Cancer Cancer Research right. Center, I think it's what it's called, or something. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with cancer here. In town. Yeah, so um, the shirt's a great idea. I don't know. Do you have somebody there you work with, or you're just going to donate the money? How do, um, I don't know how to do that. So. No, it's going to be donated directly through the site. So the site that I went to to create my shirt, they've got a. Um, a process on there where instead of just checking out buying a shirt or buying 10 or 100 of them or whatever you can yeah. set it up as a fundraiser and say okay I want to sell these shirts you you name your price and it tells you how many uh, how much of that is going to be profit okay. and then uh, you could keep that profit yourself or you could donate it to a certain charity you just type in what charity you want and it comes up and you decide whether you want to give it to them electronically or through a check in the mail or however you want to do it. So, so the GoFundMe page, but it has a kind of yeah through through site. through this uh, t-shirt company. Yeah, so they're really cool. It's a great yeah. idea, and I didn't even know about it until I was creating the shirt. And I said, well, hell, instead of me just creating shirts and and pocketing the money, let me donate it to a charity. So it's awesome, man. Well, yeah. to that, I'll say cheers. Yeah, to you too, man. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. And then I'll talk about what we're drinking here, but. And the same thing, you know, we, we donated, because you were at the Rivercraft event that we did out of Blackwater, we donated uh, everything that we made, which wasn't much, to be honest with you, but <laughs> everything we did make, we donated to the Hollings Cancer Research Center downtown. Yeah, so. that is just... And, you know, I've got some, uh, kind of some personal uh, things with cancer going on, so uh, within the family and things like that, so it's, it's near and dear to my heart, so yeah, that's every, why I did it. But Everything you do counts. Right. And so that's a great, great idea. Well, I'll be going out there to get my uh, 
Craft Conversations shirt. Cool, I appreciate it. I've got one that I made already through that same company. I did a test shirt, so I've, I've got one that I wore the other night when I was in here, but I uh, ran in and chose a different uh, product this time and uh, kind of redid it. So hopefully it's going to be good. People like it. I'm sure it'll be great. Man. Uh, right now we're drinking the organic chocolate stout from Samuel Smith's Old Brewery. It's, a, uh, it's an English stout. It's a 5% ABV, 28 IBUs. It's got an average rating of 4.08. It is brewed with well water, the original well, sunk in 1758, still in use with the with the hard water is still in use with the hard water is drawn from 85 feet underground and gently roasted organic chocolate malts and organic cacao impart a delicious smooth and creamy character with inviting deep flavors and a delightful finish. This is a perfect marriage of satisfying stout and luxurious chocolate. So there you go. And it tastes great. Oh man, it tastes, <laughs> it tastes like you're it's eating like, a, it's like drinking a, a chocolate bar. Yeah. It would, it would make a great pairing with a, a nice uh, Hershey's bar or something. Yeah, like for sure. And this is in uh, North Yorkshire, England, is where Samuel Smith's Old Brewery is. So they've been doing it for a long time. Great stuff. You can get that here? Uh, here at Homegrown? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I don't see it around too many places. No, you don't. Uh, you probably get it, you know, at, at Total Wine and, and those I think I saw it at Lowe's, big box Lowe's places. Foods over in uh, Lowe's probably Sunnyville. has it. Yeah. Have a pretty good selection there. Yeah. Not a pretty good, they have a really good selection. Very good. Probably one it's of the, the best food, in town. It's the only food store you can go into and sit down and have a beer. Absolutely. And go food shopping. Yeah, I was there uh <laughs> was there a couple of days ago. Amazing stuff, right? Right. Or it might have been yesterday. I might have been there yesterday. <laughs> was it yesterday? I, 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 I mean the first time I heard they had uh, a place to go in a food store, I said, that's a great idea. Yeah. All right. Well, what were you drinking before? That's the nor the Narwhal. Sierra Nevada. Yeah, the Sierra yeah. Nevada Narwhal. Yeah, it's a good beer too. That's quite. That's the mecca of breweries in Ash or around Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, Pro probably on the the entire East Coast. It might be. I mean, you got Stone now, which is in uh, Virginia. I can't remember exactly where in Virginia. So Stone's a pretty big name from the West yep. Coast as well. But Sierra Nevada's probably got the biggest facility on the East Coast for Unbelievable. sure. Unbelievable. Yeah. Brick roads going into the brewery. Yeah, just the road up itself is, is an experience. Yeah, you feel and like... With the sconces and all yeah. the different artwork like, and... Where am I going? Yeah, paved, like you said, a paved, kind of a cobblestone, cobblestone road. laid out road. It's not even just pavement. I mean, they put a lot of thought and money into that guy. Oh, my gosh. And then the, the brewery itself, it's all open. You can see everything that's going on and all the different types of beers they're making. Yep. You can do a, tour, a guided tour or a self-guided tour. Yep. And then at the end, you can go upstairs and you can do a tasting and they have... Pretty, pretty big selection there. Uh, yeah, that little special tasting room up there. Right. Uh, they actually have two there. One on the main floor, <coughs> and then you go upstairs, and they have That's a what I'm talking about, the tour tasting room. The, right, right, yeah. exactly. And then um, outside. And then you got an outside one as well. Outside one, and then they have a big musical venue out there, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty similar to what we were talking about. It's going to be at the end here, bandstand area, yeah. whatever. So you could spend a whole afternoon there with the family. Oh, I spent a whole <laughs> afternoon just by myself. Um yeah, and it's all, you know, renewable stuff. I mean, solar and all the water is recycled, and they're, yes. they're growing all their own organic um, <laughs> ingredients there for the beer right there and, and for the farm-to-table, you know, food, uh, food that they food, do, which yeah, is fantastic there as well. That was a fun trip, you know. I mean, it's only, what, four and a half hours from here to get up to Asheville, maybe yeah. five hours. Times. Something like that, yeah. 
and then you you know you in the mountains compared to the low country. Yeah. You know. yeah, it's probably a little brisk up there right now. Yeah, I bet you it's about <laughs> probably in the forties or so. Uh, I was in Clemson yesterday, yeah, visiting my daughter, and it was uh, fifty degrees when I got there. It was pretty cool. Yeah, you know. So uh, yeah, it's winter, fall. It is fall in the country. Fine. Yeah. yeah, we don't need uh, air conditioning. Anymore. And it seemed it's funny how because you know we were just talking earlier that uh, tonight was a little kind of lacking in here because of the fair just starting here in in, in town the Coastal Carolina Fair, and um, it seems like every year, no matter what year it is, this weather hits as soon as the fair starts. It's amazing. It is always cold when the fair starts. Yeah. I can't remember a year that it wasn't, that the fall didn't hit as soon as the fair came. I don't know if I should admit this, but I've lived here 12 years, and I've never been to the fair yet. Yeah. Isn't no, that weird? No, I don't know People if that's weird. People say it's so crowded, you know, so it's like we talk about going. And then yeah, I mean, definitely during the week would be the time to go for sure. I would stay away from Friday, Saturday nights. Right. But, um, but, of course, growing up, that's when we wanted to be there was Friday, Saturday nights. <laughs> you know, because that's when you were seen and you could deep see fried, people. Deep fried Twinkie or whatever. You yeah. <laughs> but you, you wanted to go there to see people. You weren't really going there for the rides. It was kind of a social event, really. But um, Yeah. But now I want to go for the rides and for the food and – so go no the, and it runs for what now until like next Friday, um, seven days, eight days, or something. I think it's two weeks worth. It so it'll be long. yeah, it'll wow. be the week, um, the weekend after Halloween. Maybe it's over. I'm not exactly wow. sure. I didn't even know it started tonight until people yeah. came in talking about it. So it's it's, um, it's big. Yeah, and they usually have some good music out there. Speaking of music, they do. You know, they got two or three different uh, venues out there that they do, do live music at. So yeah. I don't know if anybody we know is booked out there or not but we'll have to check yeah i mean it's it, um that would be cool if some of the local talent got a chance to play. oh it'd be great um i know downtown you know when they have some like the uh cooper river bridge run mm -hmm. they have bands all along the, the race course yeah they're doing that now <clears throat> they didn't used to do that but yeah and uh this year it was kind of cool cat strickland played at like mile three and she they set her up on a trailer yeah on the race course and that's you know that's a fun way to spend some time yeah it's great. People, you know how many thousands i think 20 oh no there's it's forty five thousand people i think <laughs> at this point yeah wow you could say i played in front of forty five thousand people <laughs> yeah you could for sure and you it's wouldn't like be Woodst lying. woodstock but you're running <laughs> yeah yeah and i love that they're doing that i haven't run it and uh, i ran it at the 40th anniversary which is a, a couple years ago um, but I haven't run it here recently, but th that was a, a new thing that they were doing that I was really glad to see because it really takes your mind off the running just to have that extra distraction yeah, on the sides. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, great thing. What, that's a 10K? Yeah, it's 10K. So, you know, you could have a couple of bands out there for sure. Yeah. Um, the old bridge, uh, they weren't able to set up any bands or anything on the bridge, but now with this new one, they can set people up on the other side of a a partition that kind of splits both of the both directions over there so they actually got bands yeah. on the bridge now it's 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 amazing you know? yeah and then you know you probably it used to be you got on that two miles of the bridge and it was just dead quiet all you heard was just oh, footsteps wow. you know yeah. and the bridge kind of bounces wow. and shakes a little bit but but yeah now yeah. you got some music up there yeah that's that's gotta be fun i don't know how she got into that but um yeah, she has to know somebody because well, I'm sure I there was a ton of people throwing their name in the probably so I would think in the hat. You know, but uh, it's it's also a lot of work to get your stuff out there and plugged in and set up and sound checked. And I think it was pretty cool the day that the race was 
maybe not. Maybe it wasn't cool. Well, it might have been. Yeah. So, you know, you're playing outside and it's, it's not the best weather. Yeah. But you're still committed, so you go. Yeah. Put some tarps over your amplifiers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's been some years I've been out there and it's been just pouring down rain. You know, rain going actually sideways and the wind is 20, 30 miles yeah. up on the top of that bridge. So it wouldn't be fun for a band for sure. They'd probably even cancel it. But. You'd be surprised. Yeah. You know, musicians are going to get out there and play. Yeah. Cover up this stuff if it's raining and then up, uncover it when the weather breaks. And True. It's really something. Yeah. It's, hard, it's hard work, but it's a lot of fun, you know. I'm glad they're starting to do that on the smaller races because, you know, I, I used to run marathons and we would have the uh, the rock and roll marathons. And they, they do, I don't know, I want to say there's five or six different uh, states that does that now. It might even be more than that. But that, that was always a cool thing to get the, the rock and roll marathons. Where's the big rock and roll? The big rock and roll marathon used to be uh, like Chicago. Yeah, you got, you got Chicago is one of them. You got yeah. Seattle is one of them. Uh, Las Vegas is one. It's either San Diego or San Francisco. I can't remember. It might be both. Yeah. Um, so I know there's at least a handful. Austin, Texas, I think, is another one. So there's there's quite a few of them out there. Yeah. The and one marathon I ran was in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Twenty six point two miles, right? Yep. Didn't stop once. Nice. Vaseline at mile twenty three. Oh yeah. <laughs> Got to have Vaseline. The Marine Corps had Vaseline sticks for all of us souls yeah, that didn't. Yeah. Like little uh, the tongue depressor sticks or yes. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. What was funny about just it? Just you rub some underneath your arms and on no your nipples. Idea what it was. I thought it was like. Uh, yeah, I some people try to eat it. Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is that? And some guy goes, don't eat it. It's Vaseline. I was like, oh, wow, that's going to come in handy. And, it, you know, yeah. it did. But uh, the thing about it is there, was, it was, there were parts where you were running over a bridge over the St. James River, I think it is there. And it's just quiet. All you hear is like breathing and footsteps. Yeah. And music would have been a good diversion. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's kind of, uh, you know, um, meditative as well to, to an extent, just that, that breathing in the footsteps and just uh, yes. sometimes I enjoy that more than, you know, plugging in with a headphone or whatever or band. Yeah. Sometimes I enjoy just the, the monotony of my own breath. It, it kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's a metronome type sound, thing or whatever. It is, it's yeah, yeah. It's relaxing, the heart's beating. I don't know if I'm going to be running a marathon anytime soon. <laughs> I think those are the days behind me. Yeah, I actually challenged my uh, my brother Bruce um, just last week or the beginning of this week somewhere uh, here. Um, in the past week, I think it was I challenged him to an ultra marathon out in uh, January. And that's like to a forty mile. Point. This was a forty mile wow. race, um, and he turned me down. He said he's got something he's doing that day. So I think he was just scared. But smart, smart guy. <laughs> yeah, but he's a big time runner right now. He does. Um, he just did. Uh, the uh, Myrtle Beach Half Marathon. He runs 5Ks, like two or three of them a week. Um, wow. He does a 10K here and there, but mostly 5Ks is what his kind of forte is. So yeah. um, I challenged him to an ultra marathon, but he will do one eventually. But I, des- I decided I was going to get back into running and just go balls out and just go straight to the it's ultra marathon. It's so much fun, man. Once you get started, I mean, you could run yeah. every weekend as a race somewhere. Oh. And then every like, weekend and then then it's not only winning it's like can you beat your best time yeah so and that's all i ever competed against was myself but yeah i don't think i ever i never really got a trophy i ran a lot of 5k races when i was running a lot yeah and uh you know my age group back then was like you know the best the fastest guys and they were running like 16 minute 5ks mm-hmm. i was never able to get under 20 minutes yeah 2021 
and it was all psychological. You're like, I can't do it. And yeah. Slow down at the last minute. But um, I wonder now in the fifties, it'd probably be a shot I can get a medal. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, you know Bruce. Um, same thing. He was getting. He was placing like third, fourth in his age group, and then he hit that next uh, birthday, and now he's like getting first place all the time because he yeah. just hit a different age group and you got different people you're running with. And then now, if you so. get into like if you're lucky enough to run into your seventies. Then you're almost guaranteed because you're the only one getting it. Almost guaranteed, <laughs> and those guys are almost faster than yes, than some of the young cats. All the right? young guys, man, it's it, it's crazy how yeah these older guys are just running like crazy. If your body doesn't break when it hits forty, yeah. you're probably good to go until you you know don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, that's probably a solid point. It really it's amazing, you know. It's like I some people are built to run, I think, and some are not. Yeah, and you could always tell the people that are like you know shin splints and. They're, walking backwards the last hundred yards. Right. Well, I think anybody can be trained to run, for sure. You know, all these people, somebody that says, I'm just, I'm not a runner, I'm not built to run, I can't run. I'm like, no, nah, you can. You just haven't trained properly. And you haven't That's titrated true. yourself up to let your body yeah. get stronger and those ligaments and tendons and everything to, to yeah. accommodate the running. You went too fast, you went too hard, you did too long of distances right out the box, and now you got shin splints. Now you got iliotibial band syndrome, plantar fasciitis, you know, all these things. Old groin muscles. Groin muscles, <laughs> hamstrings, yeah, everything. Hammies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so if you do it right, if you, you go into it, into it yeah. and uh, increase, you know, incrementally, ten, uh, they say 10% a week or whatever, and kind of just really get into it and cross-train and eat right. Don't run in pro kids. Nothing against pro kids. Pro kids? Yeah, get a good pair of running shoes, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> or, you know, there's people out there running in barefoot. Barefoot. Yeah. So it God, doesn't always have to be a good shoe either. What that hurts. Yeah. Five, three miles barefoot on yeah. asphalt. No. No thanks. Big pebbles in the road and you step on a pebble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll stop you in your tracks. So what else is going on uh, with homegrown musically? You guys got any, um, any changes coming up? I know we're, really. we're lucky enough to play here every fourth Friday. We, you know, we always enjoy getting out here. And, and uh, matter of fact, <clears throat> if this gets out tomorrow, oh, the, get plug, out. the plug is this fourth Friday is going to be the fourth Saturday. So we'll be here Saturday night instead of the fourth Friday. And uh, guaranteed, we're playing from 8 to 10. Guaranteed we'll have a good time like we always do, which is uh, part of the goals, right? Yeah. Hashtag goals, right? Yeah. <laughs> And you got to you got to make sure I remember all this stuff that we're talking about because normally I've got a notebook and I do it's in my bag over there, but I forgot to bring it over so I could write down all this stuff to make sure I put everything in the show notes and stuff. So after we get done, you'll have to kind of remind me so I can jot down some notes of stuff we yeah. talked about. Post production stuff. Yeah. The stuff nobody. So I can make sure we tag everybody and mention Boy. all the stuff we need to mention and put it in the, in the notes. So we just blazed along in the last few minutes, didn't we? Though. Yeah, I mean we're at forty three minutes already. <laughs> It, it goes, goes so quick. quickly. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I remember like, when we first started this thing, not tonight, but started the podcast, we were like, how are we going to even talk for 20 minutes? We don't have anything to talk about. Next thing you know, two and a half hours go by, you know. So much. I mean, you know, forget music for a second. Just like stuff that's going on and yeah. in the news and everything else. We could definitely fill an hour pretty easy between uh, the both of us. Yeah. So any guest I guess you have is going to have some spin on what the direction is going to be. Yeah. You know, music, of course, is a good one. Yeah. Great one. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, you you asked what we got going on. So, yeah. really, 
you know, musically, we just, we're still doing the third, or not the third Thursday, we're doing that as well, but every Thursday is the singer-songwriter series that uh, Fleming helps to put on with, uh, you know, through Bummerville Amphitheater, his nonprofit that he does. Um, so there's always going to be a special guest in here on Thursday nights. It might be Fleming himself, or right. it's somebody else that he's um, sourced out to, to come in and play. So it could be any musician around town that's uh, involved with Fleming and, and the Bummerville Amphitheater scene. And it's usually somebody locally. You know, we try and keep Somerville keep musicians in Somerville. So we're doing that every Thursday. Every third Thursday is always the Scotty Oliver Band. Right. Um, and sometimes that uh, melds into Blue Spear when Tommy Altair comes in and sings with them. So you could get one of those bands or you might get both of them on a third Thursday. You never know what's going to happen. If Tommy's available, he comes in. Um, and then, of course, Friday we're, we've got a, a schedule set up where uh, somebody is on the second Friday, the third Friday, the fourth Friday. And if there's a fifth Friday, Fleming Moore actually fills the fifth Friday spot if there's a fifth Friday in a month. So those are our main two days right now, Thursday, Friday. Thursday, and uh, we're trying to expand into Saturday and have music all three nights. Oh, that's um, great. But uh, it's a work in progress. Uh, we're still talking about trying to put, you know, more of a dedicated stage over here in the corner that you'll see in the video. If we get the video up, the, the corner we're talking about, it's pointed right at it. Um, we're trying to get, you know, just a raised, you know, like Cubamana has, that's a four yeah. inches or whatever stage, it's a little spot that just kind of says, hey, this is where the music happens. Maybe it's even something that we could just roll into the corner and, and take out when we're not using it. I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of options. I mean, yeah. you know, portable stage is definitely one. Right. Fixed stage, though, you know, uh, homegrown, home, home team barbecue. Right. They redid that. They remodeled their place. The, the downtown one, or which one are we talking? The one about? in West Ashley. Okay, and, I haven't been to that one for music. Yeah. And um, when they're not using the stage for music, they have the table on it, and people could sit there. Yeah. So you know, if you made it big enough in the corner, you could probably put the two chairs back and sure. have the table up there, and then you know, it's like the king and the queen for the evening. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. nice yeah. Stuff. So it's the same type of. Uh, music original that's the thing about homegrown that i think is really cool you know it's the biggest thing yeah try to grab the people to um, play original music yeah and um, i don't think there's another place doing that around here I no think you guys have the market on that one i think so too i mean there's there's definitely places out there that don't have the licensing to do covers but they they still do them but excuse me we try and stick to the yeah the original music yeah, yeah there's some covers thrown in occasionally of course but it's a great it's a great way to do it yeah growing up and i think people feel comfortable doing that because you know they go out to these other places people just want to hear covers and and they're open up to be able to play covers and i think they get strong arms sometime into playing covers when they really like to showcase some of their original stuff here they can work on whatever they want to work on play their original play their tunes and the people that come in know what they're getting and just like tonight the folks that were hanging out they really seem to enjoy the original music. Yeah, that. for sure. That's that's a cool thing. You know? Yeah. So pack the place out on Saturday. Tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, and so on and so on. Yeah, let's pack this place <laughs> let's out. Let's pack Saturday this night. place to the gills. And you know, one thing about musicians, the, the more the audience is interacting with the band, the better the music gets. Yeah. It's just one of those strange. Things. And sometimes the longer you get music, because I've been to places where. The audience is not into it. They're not participating. They're not clapping. They're not even paying attention. Listening. And as soon as nine o'clock, like 
8.59 and 59 seconds, they're wrapping up Thank and closing you. out. Good yeah, night. see you guys. And yep. But if they're having a good time and hanging out and people are clapping and getting involved, you might get an extra 30 minutes or a couple encores never, or whatever. Yeah, you never know. So that's, yeah. that's one of the things about um, the live music scene that's so cool. Good nights, people are involved, engaged, and uh, all of a sudden you know, you're having a party and the band's kind of just the conductor. Yeah. And the people that are hanging out are kind of driving where it's going to go. Hey, can we hear this? Do that song again. Though we don't hear that too much here. No. Play that song again. Oh, really? But um, Yeah, I almost asked Clayton to play a, a, a song a second time tonight, but he had to get out of here. Which one? Sailor? What what's that song no. he does about it? Um, You're going to have to put that in the cliff notes. A, a Pirate's... A pirate um, something or other. A pirate something. Pirate Life or... That's uh, a, I should know that because he played it on the podcast, you know, back really in uh, April. Tune, but no, it's the it's one he just uh, recorded a single for, um, "Cocaine and Whiskey," mm-hmm. is uh, one of my favorites of, yeah. of his. He has some good tunes, so you know it's he's, old, got, he's a good songwriter. I was glad to get to come in and listen to him play the second set tonight. And, yeah, um, and just a great personality. He's got a good stage presence. He's a great storyteller. Yeah, um, just everything. Great voice. I mean, he's just really doing it good. That's a, he's going places. I think. He's working it. Yeah. You know, keep going. You play more. The more you play, the more, you know, the more opportunities that come up. And, um, yeah. That's part of it, you know. And I don't know what he was playing, but I heard him talking to somebody tonight. It wasn't this, these same people here. Somebody else was sitting at that table when he first started or was setting up. And uh, somebody had mentioned <clears throat> something about his guitar. So apparently the guitar he uses is just some kind of cheap guitar he found somewhere. And he's in the market to get a better, better guitar. guitar. But um, he, he's is. working it with what he's got, you know. You know, they always say, how many more guitars do you need? Yeah. Just one more. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that's kind of the running joke with musicians, you know. Yeah. Each one has its own uh, feel to it. And, you know, the guitar I brought tonight, I got that probably about 28 years ago as a gift from my wife and daughter. No. Because my daughter wasn't alive 28 years ago. It was from just my wife, Debbie. She went out with a friend of mine and brought this guitar back. And, I, you know, it's been all over the country with me. Yeah. And uh, when I don't have to play live into an amplifier, that's the perfect guitar. It's, you know, it's comfortable. It's easy to play. And, um, so it's... It's, it's Can you plug it in or no? No, you can't plug okay. it in. Yeah, if you want to play it, like, that's why I brought it tonight. I said, well, if, if, you know, if I play a song or two tonight, these microphones will pick up the guitar and the vocal. And that's exactly what that's meant for. Yeah. So, um, it should. I mean, this this will be the, the first uh, trial run to see how the acoustics we'll sound in here we'll and how the mics pick up and how, how the room sounds. The room sounds, yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if it's going to reverberate off of some of this metal no, or what's going to happen, but... It'll you'll be interesting. It, you'll fix it in the mix, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about you that. You got audacity, man. You'll make it sound fantastic. Yeah, we'll figure wow, it out. Wow, another plug. Hashtag audacity. Yeah, we'll put hashtag <laughs> audacity in there. It's going to be a lot of hashtags, I think. And you know, uh, the thing about that software that's so cool is it's it's an open source software. Yeah. So people constantly develop for it, and for my money. It's as good as any of the paid, and somebody's gonna. Well, that's what, that's what I was about to say. For your money, it's free. It's free. Yeah. And then it lets you get the feel for what it's like to record something, and then be able to manipulate the sound a little bit, and 
maybe EQ it a little bit so it sounds a little bit more like you know FM radio back in the day or whatever you're trying to get. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can do hashtag audacity in this. And and I, I haven't dove that. into it that far, but uh, yeah, I just kind of adjust the volume and <laughs> that's about well, that, it. Well, that's the beauty of it. It's it's such a if you hit record. Yeah. It's recording. Yeah. But then there's so many different things you can do with it. Oh, there's so many menus I've looked through, and I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing with right. that. I'm just not going to mess with it. But so all you got to do is go on YouTube and just say, I want to do this, do and this it'll pop up. It'll tell you video. what to do, right? So it's pretty neat. Um, yeah. And then you never know who's going to, maybe some guys over in the UK will start listening. And say, hey, man, look at these guys using it for a podcast. Yeah. Well, that's how I found out about it. I, you know, before Caleb and I even got together, I was going to do my own podcast by myself, and um, I just Googled, you know, what do I need to do to start a podcast, and the very first thing that came up was get audacity. Isn't so that that's what I did. That's yeah. amazing, right? Yeah. Started with that, and then we got donated all this equipment, and we I bought mean, bought a couple of mics. What and, a rig, right? Yeah. And then and then, um, as far as posting on, you use um, Podbean. Uh, Podbean, Spotify, and uh, well, I use Podbean as our hosting site. So that's we post everything there, and it pushes out from there to Spotify and Apple uh, Podcasts. Yeah, so it's, it's and we used to use SoundCloud as well, but they they started wanting to wanted us to pay for it. So uh, separately from what we already yeah. pay for Podbean, so we we got rid of those guys. But yeah, it's yeah. I mean you know people that find you find <clears> you. And yeah, three platforms is enough. That's There's plenty enough. To, to capture the Google guys, the Android guys, the Apple guys, you know. It was it was kind of funny, you know, going back to the you know, the recording and all this stuff. You know, as you're going through it, you're like, well, I just want, you know, people to be able to listen to the music that I know. But then all of a sudden, you know, you start registering and, and they say, well, where do you want your music distributed? And mm -hmm. I'm like, huh? So it says, well, you could pick what continents you want your music to be distributed at. And I'm saying, who who in Africa is going to want to listen to some old blues tunes? Yeah. But sure enough, man, you know it's there. And if somebody searches for blues and whatever, mm -hmm. thirteen pages down, you might see me. Yeah. And some guy might be saying, "Hey, let me see what this guy sounds like." Click, and then you know that's kind of how you yeah get, you get that billion, one guy billions of people. Then that one guy tells his buddies and. Yeah, so if I'm touring South Africa next year, you know, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. We can do a connection. I mean, I know exactly what you're saying because, you know, like Instagram followers, I got followers all over the world. Isn't that know? something? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, you didn't have that back in the 80s, I don't think, to this degree. Yeah. With record distributions or cassettes or whatever we were selling back then. Right. So now it's like you could put something out on the Internet, and if you, you know, if you uh, tag it correctly and you know, use all the tools available. You can get people in China, Japan, you know, all over the world, and uh, that's that makes it feel, you know, like a pretty small place yeah. compared to, you know, all the UKs across the Atlantic. Yeah. Now it's like, well, it's a click away. True. And then I'll get my royalty. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not getting or any I'll royalties at the moment, but yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, that's a whole other show. Yeah, at least you get a thumbs up <laughs> or a like or whatever. You get a like, and then if you yeah. get like a, you know, a million likes. And to me, likes, that's money. I mean, you know. Well, you know, you get a million likes, and then, you know, you never know. Like, uh, Sam Adams might call you up and say, hey, how come you're not drinking my beer on your podcast? Right. And you say, well, you know. Yeah, that's always been the goal. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's already, it already happens here locally where, you know, people 
either bring beer on the podcast or people give me beer to, to drink on the podcast. That's so so, cool, man. That's so it's already happened, but uh, not to that extent where I've got people from the West Coast calling me and saying, hey, drink our beer, you know. But I have had people say, come out and check out our beer. You know, I'll, we'll drink something on the show and, of course, you hashtag them, whatever, on Instagram and, and on Facebook, you, you tag them on there and, and they've offered us to come out. We had one from uh, Denmark, as a matter of one time, that said, come out and drink some of this beer out in Denmark. And so... That's and that's so then that's the business magic. You've got to figure out how to get the money yeah. to go there. And maybe you can it's it's the same thing with music, you know. Hey, we'd like you to play at our festival. Well, I'd love to, but you're up in Buffalo, New York, and I'm mm-hmm. down here in Somerville. Can you help out with the travel? Yeah. Oh yeah, we could put you up in a hotel. Uh, a whole other podcast, right? Yeah. Traveling with your stuff, right? We could put you up in a hotel and we can, you know, give you money for food. And then um, you could have your merchandise table at the festival, and we're going to have 10,000 people there. Mm-hmm. And if you bring T-shirts and stickers and all your, you know, your CDs, right. you could sell, you know. Here's your bottom line. There's your thing, man. You're making some you know, extra money to support the addiction of creating original music. Yeah. yeah. Very that's, cool. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, that, that was always our plan, and that's still my plan, is, is to be a traveling podcast. And go to you know like Rock Hill and go to Legal Remedy Brewing Company or go to Asheville and go to Sierra Nevada or go wherever and just set up this gear that we got sitting right here and just talk to the head brewer or talk to the owner or talk to a bartender or talk to somebody and just the brewmasters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I and you know or hit the music scene up in Asheville and you know get two or three different musical artists while, you know over a weekend talk to two or three different people and do two or three different shows. You know, on Friday night we do something in Asheville. It's called the drum the drum circle. Okay, I haven't heard of it. It's it's we were up there last month or two months ago, whatever. And Friday night at like seven o'clock, all of a sudden people start coming from all the nooks and crannies in Asheville to this little uh, town square, and they're setting up their drums, and it's everything from you know big. African style drums to cajones that you see the people playing in small clubs to tambourines and then they start doing this drum circle and basically it's just somebody picks up the reins and starts playing a rhythm Mm -hmm. and then everybody starts jumping on the rhythm and next thing you know you have this really like energized uh, rhythm happening in this square and you know people are dancing and it's like you know grateful dead show slash woodstock slash you know festival where it's just a really fun time right and i i don't know how many years it's been going on but it's you know every friday night up there i guess unless it's raining um pretty cool place to spend a couple hours hmm. yeah you have to look that up on youtube or something just kind oh of yeah check look it up out. the actual drum circle you'll be like wow that's pretty pretty neat yeah you know and then i'll get up there and see it yeah, it's definitely something to go visit. And then they have great, you know, like all cities with uh, artsy feel, they have plenty of places to listen to live music up there. And so after you listen to the drums for a while, you go hang out and have a beer and something to eat yeah. at, a, at a club that's hosting live music, which is, you know. Everywhere up there, right? I mean, it's a pretty big scene, right? Pretty big scene up there. Yeah. And then they have, you know, just like some of them, they have open mics and all that stuff. So yeah. a lot of fun. I saw a band, uh, when I went out and saw Fleming at uh, Allendale Green at the Barn Jam, uh, two Wednesdays ago, I guess it was, 
three Wednesdays ago, whenever it was. There was a band, and God, I can't remember the damn name of the band now. They were from Asheville, and they were phenomenal. Something Soul. I'll remember it. I'll put it in the show put notes. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, it, it, I'll remember it eventually, but uh, Something Soul. But they were phenomenal. They had a trumpet. I mean, who has a trumpet in their in their band? We do. You have a trumpet? We got a trumpet player. Really? I mean, I see yeah. saxophones. Can you, and can you believe that? Really? Yep. Our newest. Uh, what would you say? It's a project. Our our newest musician in the project is John Daniel. Okay. And John Daniel uh, is a just a fantastic musician. He plays piano. Trumpet, guitar, bass guitar. I mean, you put something in his hand and John will make music with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sat in with us at this 5K race performance last month. And uh, we had a great time having him join us. And he's going to play with us tomorrow night at Cusaw Creek for their Halloween party. I was about to bring that up, yeah. That, thanks. Um, so I jumped the gun. No, that's fine. <laughs> it keeps me from having to do it. <laughs> um, anyway... We were playing a song, and I'll, I'll, we're going to play. We're going to play some covers, a lot of covers tomorrow. Um, and we played one by the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want. Love it. And he said, "Hey, how about if I do a trumpet solo over that?" And I was like, "Sure, let's give it a try." And so, after you hear, for whom the bell tolls. Yeah, midnight. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, my favorite Adrian Barbeau movie <laughs> was called The Fog. <laughs> oh yeah, I love The Fog. Yeah. yeah, and she's a DJ, so this kind of it's kind of in line with what the hell we're doing here. Yeah, and uh, you know the guy with the big sickle comes out, and mm-hmm. I'm like, gee, you crickets, man. Yeah. So I don't know if they'll hear it on the recording, but it's midnight. Yeah. Ooh. Speaking of Fleming, Fleming is. is right there in the window is he really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the fog man. <laughs> yeah he just came out of the fog at midnight yeah we don't have fog kids in it but uh, yeah adrian barbeau yeah was the, the uh, one of the leads anyway um so getting back to john so now we took that one song and we said well what about on you know unchain my heart can you play on that and uh so we got the trumpet player now okay and I don't know. Maybe John will join us Saturday night. I'm going to ask him. If right. So he hasn't played here with you no, guys. No, he has before, not played so. here with us. But that's part of the Paul Stone Project motif. Right. Is you never know who's going to be joining us, and uh, you know, we yeah. give them the cue cards and they go. Fleming finally just drove off. He just drove off. Or he's doing a U-turn now, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, <laughs> he was. He was going back and forth trying to mess with me, and I was trying to keep a straight face. But yeah. I knew that was going to happen with somebody. But. It's like the old WGBB days. Got all these people in the window wanting to do yeah. Can you play the Beatles? Yeah. Well, we don't play music. This is a podcast. Well, that was the whole point of, of trying to get the podcast moved over here. You know, Caleb and I have been trying to partner for a while to, to do craft conversations and homegrown in the same spot. And that's what we wanted is, a, you know, push this wall back and have a, a podcast room in the back where we've We've got an on-air sign, you know, a light comes on, on-air, oh, and there's so a window, and people can come check out, and we'll have a podcast going on, plus all this is going on, there's music over here, yeah. and have two or three different things going on, you got the hallway with uh, video games, people playing games back there, and just have four different things going on here at one time to, to appease, you know, any customer that comes in, you know. 
That's the way to do it. Yeah. Get every bit of entertainment value into a place, and people will come back for more beer and food. And, yeah. Awesome but anyway, Fleming kind of messed me up. But <clears throat> so the thing tomorrow night. So where can people can people get in, or is that a private event? Or no, it's not. It's a public it's, event. Um, it's a public event, and if you go to Cusaw Creek, which is in uh, off of Dorchester Road in Somerville, it's actually North Charleston, Somerville. It's right by Fort Dorchester High School there. But if you pull up to the gate there and say you're here for the Halloween party at the clubhouse, they're going to let you in. There's no charge, which is really cool. There's no admission charge. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, they would like everybody to show up in a costume, but if you just want to come and hang out and have a cold beer or a drink and something to eat, we're playing from 8 p.m. to to uh, midnight. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's it's four hours of rock and roll, and, and you know. We're and just you guys. Yes, one band. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, you know, I'll be uh, drinking hot tea tomorrow afternoon. And yeah, honey, and getting ready to play, and uh, we expect a pretty good turnout. And, and you know, uh, it's going to be a fun evening. Sounds like it. We're not even going to play any originals tomorrow night because they asked us to, you know, keep the dancing going. So, you know, um, not that people wouldn't enjoy them, but we're sticking to really classic rock and roll with a little bit of uh, blues and some country stuff. We're sticking in there. So. Uh, you know, we want to keep people out there dancing, drinking, eating, sure. having a good time. Yeah. And, uh, there'll be prizes. Like, they always do really pretty neat prizes for best costume and um, best couples. So, like, you know, I think three years ago we played there. Somebody came as the bride of Frankenstein and uh, uh, Dr. Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was kind of cool stuff. But, yeah, thanks for the plug on that. Yeah, I mean, again, we're going to get this thing out first thing in the morning, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll get some people out there for that, and hopefully pack this place out on Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah, that's that's going to be awesome, man. And we uh, we move the time. Normally, the the music plays here from seven to nine, but we're going to move that to um, eight to ten. So yeah, good times. Yeah, it's gonna be good. What do you think you want to? Uh, how's, how you doing on? Play a couple. Just play a couple tunes. Do, yeah, do, we're about a, about an hour and ten minutes in. Boy, that changed a lot. What's that? When you got closer to the mic. Did it? Yeah. Like like this. Yeah. Like this. One two. Yeah. Check one <laughs> two. Yeah, let's do let's see what we got. Yeah, we can do that. So um, I'll pause this. I'll pause the camera real quick. Let you get set up, and then we'll restart everything. Sounds and great. Kind of go in. So we'll be back, everybody. Right after this. Maybe if I can get my mouse working. Oh, you know what? That was beautiful. All right, guys. So we're back. We're all set up. Uh, we're going to do um, a couple songs here with Paul Pietrofesso of the Paul Stone Project. Here we go. All right. Let me get this camera on here. Get the camera going. So the, uh, we'll do one from the uh, EP. This one's called Detention Center Blues. One second. Yeah, man. Look at it, I'll cut this out. Oh, no, yeah. <clears throat> All right. All right, so this one, uh, this one's on the EP. It's called Detention Center Blues, and uh, it was written up in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, the hotel I was staying at, oddly enough, was right next to a, uh, a jail.
And I went out for a walk on a Wednesday night, and I heard all this crazy hooting and hollering, and sure enough, it was um, people in the jail. So I was thinking, man, how do you end up in jail? <laughs> and I started writing this little blues tune called Detention Center Blues. I was feeling so fine till I got pulled over. Lord, I'm doing some time. I got this detention center blues. Well, I don't know if I'll fix them, but I'll bet you'll get them too. Well, I had a sweet lady. She treated me so fine till I stabbed her in the back. I caught her doing her thing. I got those. Detention with Santa Blues. Well, I don't know if I'll fix it, but I bet you'll get them too. song one, so you're going to do one more for us, right, you said? Man, anything you want, Brian. All right, well, let's We're do here one. at Homegrown Brew House, late night. It's almost like the uh, Don Kirshner's rock concert. Yeah, um, so, yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a slower um, tune here. And this is on the EP as well. Um, kind of the idea for this song came out in uh, a visit here one night. Just about the trials of a relationship. 
it's called April Hun.
night. That seemed to be perfect timing because the camera just quit on us, but uh, that was fantastic. Thank I don't you, think man. I've heard that one before. You played uh, that before, Pierre? We might have played it. Um, it's on the new EP. Yeah. So we'll play it Saturday night and we'll call you out on it. Okay. That sounded very good, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, um, I guess that's going to wrap us up. I mean, the camera's off. We're going to wrap it. Thanks so much, man. Man, I appreciate Always it. Always a hoot, Brian. Absolutely. And uh, to everybody else, we'll talk to you soon.